0: In thinking about this series as we're going through about what is the gospel, here we are to talk about man in this great gospel. We've talked about God, the righteous creator. We we looked over how we we can't know the gospel unless we know who God is. Uh, He is the righteous creator. And so, therefore, God being just and being the righteous creator... It exposes that if he's holy, that then we are unholy, and so it brings us to the second part of this great gospel: what is the gospel dealing with man, and who we are in this great story unfold? As I'm thinking about this message, I think about the good old story, the Wizard of Oz. Think about it, in the Wizard of Oz, uh, we we find uh, Dorothy who's taken away and find herself in this new new land and in this new land she happens to run across some characters who are incomplete. Uh, she finds a, a scarecrow who doesn't have courage, a lion who doesn't have a heart, a uh, ten man that I'm sorry ten man that would like to have a heart amen, and a scarecrow don't have a don't have a brain amen if my mind got excited I'm trying to move ahead and so we see that each one of them are desperate. and They say they found out one thing: just as Dorothy, Dorothy wants to make it back home, they, and they realize they need each other to get to where they want to go. And where they want to go is everybody has told them that there's a there's a wizard uh, in Oz that can pretty much cover everything. He he, he can do whatever you need. They they, they believe that there's a wizard. Uh, in Oz. And, and think about it that they, they went through all they went through in hope and belief that there's a wizard in Oz that could make them whole. Mm. So all this time they believed that there must be something out there to make me better than I already am. Mm. But as we know in the story, right, they, they found out that they had everything they needed already. But the reason why they had an expect expectancy of something great is why they pushed to go see the wizard. If the wizard was not there, they would have been happy staying right where they were just complaining that if I only had a brain. But yet, because of a hope of a man, a wizard that could satisfy their need, they pushed on. What this got to do with the gospel message? Think about how if you are true to yourself, you find that you're incomplete. And if it's not going to get better, you'd be saying, Well, why should I continue on living? But if you heard a message that if you could meet somebody and your circumstance could change, that you could be better off than the way you are, what would you do? Would you go and face your fears? Do things that you never thought you would do before just to meet this person that can change your life. Some of you are thinking, I might. Some of you are thinking, it's not worth my time. Some of you might thinking, I'm just satisfied where I am. Well, I want you to understand that all those circumstances have already been met because he was not waiting on you. That man came and made it available for all of us. No matter where you are, to be changed. Be changed from what? I'm glad you asked. Be changed from your unrighteousness. Now, y'all, some of y'all might be getting mad at pass out, pass out, dare you call me unrighteous. I'm just quoting what the scripture says. Uh, Romans third chapter, y'all there, right? Uh, you go down a little bit further down that chapter and you get to around verse 10. and And it says, as the scripture says. Mm, mm. It it didn't say what the minister said, but as the scriptures say, no one is righteous. No, not one. Oh, watch out now. You have backup (laughs) to say that we're unrighteous. Now, if you look closely here. You might have in your Bible a footnote that might say this is coming from another text. That is correct because he's quoting the scripture. Because somebody say the Bible? And so we have our Bible and then we have Genesis all the way to Revelation. But in this time, when Paul is writing this letter, he didn't have from Genesis to Revelation. He had from Genesis all the way to the end of the Old Testament. And yet he was quoting a song. And, and that if you look at that psalm, it says that there's no one good In Psalm 14, 1 through 3. And yet he substitutes here that no one is righteous. Here's where we have a commentary, if you will, of interpretation, if you will, of what this word means. Of taking the word of good and not using the word good, but using the Greek word there for righteous means that no one can stand before God and have a right relationship with him. Mm, mm, mm. Catch this again. I'm going to come back to this imagery. We are standing before God, but we can't stand before God because he is righteous and we are not in a right relationship with God. So therefore, how can we stand before him if we can't stand before him. Mm. Oh, now let's look at our circumstance. I want to be with God, but I can't get to God. Mm. Because He's righteous and I am unrighteous. And and if I look around this room, I'm gonna see a whole lot of people just like me. Unrighteous. His passive commentary here. In our time of prayer, I went through some confession and some repentance. A lot of y'all got quiet. <laughs> it's all right. I wasn't praying to get your amens. <laughs> but the problem is sometimes that we don't acknowledge that we are wretches, that we are sinful. That our hearts are deceiving, our tongues are lying, our eyes are lustful, our minds are troubled. That's all right, y'all. Some of y'all look at me right now and say, Pastor, you're not talking about me. Well, I'm just going to go back to the Bible. The Bible says that no one is righteous. Now, I don't want you to tell me your troubles. You don't have to tell me your troubles. Uh, God wants to hear all about them, though. You can certainly sure go tell him. But I want to encourage each and every one of us on today to realize that we are in need of a Savior because we are in need of some help. Uh, the scarecrow, the ten-man, the lion all have their own personal issues, just like we have our own personal issues. But sometimes we find out that when I get my issue next to your issue, we're going to find we both need the same solution. And so, here it is. Jesus is for everybody. <laughs> How is that? The Jews got caught up saying that God is for us alone. Uh, God, God called us special. He called us out. We, we the folks. So if you want to be like us, you need to get circumcised. Well, Paul would say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So what benefits you to be a, a heritage Jew and then you get circumcised? You're still not heretically a Jew. But you want to still make get people circumcised to get into your group? What sense that make? Oh, that's not it. God is the God of the Jews and the Gentiles. Mm. Gentile, those are not used to this biblical terminology. Gentile basically means that everybody else. And so it is pointing out that Jews are not that special. He is the God of the world. That's why we like that good old Negro spirit. He got the whole world where. In his hands. Oh, glory be to God. I'm so glad that we understand the university of our God, that our God is not just concerned about one ethnic group or one place in the area. Sometimes we get prideful when we go to our sporting events. We think God is smiling down on us when we say, God bless America. (laughs) But yet we open up our minds and our eyes and realize that, no, God, we need you to bless the world. Because everybody's in need of the same solution. And so when we understand what Paul is pointing out to them, these Jews, he's letting them know that, hey, 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 catch this, that God is not just for you, but he is for everybody. That's why everybody needs to know this gospel message. And look here, he says this, that you get caught up about yourself. And then you're going to say, well, uh, okay. God is for everybody. Mm, that's one argument. The next argument, you notice this argument that Paul is having. Basically, he's, he's having a diatribe. He's giving arguments that's given back to me with an answer. And "Go now they're moving on and going to say, well, uh, we sin so that we can sow God's righteousness. <laughs> what sense that made? He let them, no, 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 don't get caught up thinking that you're doing something to help out God. You're only doing what you already like to do. You're wicked, you're evil, so you like lying, you will keep on lying, thinking that this is going to show the righteousness of God. No, you are just showing more and more of God's wrath. Mm. We need to be mindful that we cannot keep on sinning and try to abuse God's grace. Yes, 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 God is slow to get angry, but also, yes, God will punish sin. Mm. And so that's why he's getting into that. How, how dare we say that we are helping God when we're only hurting God, living in the sinful state that we in because of this. That's why man is a liar. But God is true. And since God is true, he is just in his judgment it means that he is righteous. And so his judgments are right and true. God's righteousness shows our unrighteous. Y'all see that a big word manifested is to be made known. He made known his righteousness to us. He made known to the Jews, his oracles, his word, his scriptures. I'm so glad that God did choose Israel to reveal himself to us so that we might know this truth. And the beautiful thing is that he started with them so that we might know him in totality. And so God is just in judging our sins. And so looking at this. That. God wants us to draw nigh unto him. Because we see here that, and look in verse 7, but someone might still argue, how can God condemn me as a sinner if my dishonesty highlights his truthfulness and brings him more glory? And some people even slander us by claiming that we say the more we sin, the better it is. Those who say such things deserve to be condemned. Well then, so we conclude that we Jews are better than others? No, not at all. For we have already shown that all people, whether Jews or Gentiles, are under the power of sin. We must acknowledge that we are under this awesome, scary power of sin. And who can free us from this power? Mm. So what then is for the unrighteous before a righteous God? If we are so overwhelmed with sin. The New Living uh, Translations has some subheadings there that points out at verse 9 above. This says, all people are sinners. Some other translation puts, no one is righteous. So if no one is righteous and we serve a righteous God, how can we serve a righteous God if we're unrighteous? Because we are not good. We are not in a right relationship with God. Think about how good is not good enough. Some people think if I act good, I be good, I live good, I will be good. Because God is good. And, and we say that in the church. church oftentimes, you know, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. So I'm going to be good because God is good. That's a weak theology. Because our definition of good is not God's definition of good. Me being good is this that if I take care of my family, let the whole world go to hell, I'm good. Mm. That's not good. Your family is good, but the world is in peril. But you good. Good is that if my boys are good, we good. Who cares what you got? I've got mine. Mm. Think about many songs out are talking about good life. What's the good life? More money, more this. Let's look. At, let's look at all these things, right? More money, more women, more house, more cars. Let's look what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells you seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness, and all these other things will be added on. The Bible warns us and tells us the root of all evil is the love of money. The Bible tells us to flee fornication, for you are holy and righteous unto God. So how is it that the Bible tells us one thing, but the world? Keeps on proclaiming another thing of what the good life is. Why? Because the world's a lie. Right. Right. So as soon as even more of God's righteousness and our unrighteousness, because left to our own devices, we will fall back to what we know. Right. Right. Let me ask somebody here. What's your default setting? You understand default setting that? Many of us have a smart device, a smartphone, and you add on applications as you think it's doing well, and all of a sudden it's don't, it doesn't act right. You try to get some help. They say, have you tried to reset? Yes, i reset. I haven't started. They say, well, you might have to wipe everything clean and start over. And then, oh, no, i got to load everything back on. you got to go back to the default setting. And when you go back to the default setting, goes to to the basic model. What's some of our default settings? Some of our default settings are exposed when we get into trouble. We got to go back to what we know. Here's when we get into some trouble. We get into a fight, and the fight's not going fair. We go back to our defaults, and let me curse you out. Because when I get in trouble, my vocabulary that I used to say start coming up. All that love stuff is out the window now. My default setting, let me curse you out. Some of you say, I don't use my tongue. I use my fist. That's your default set. So you want to hit somebody. Things not going your way. Let me go back and cold cock and Let me tell you how I really feel. Some of you say, no, I don't, I don't curse anybody. I don't hit anybody. I throw stuff. Well, let me get out the way because something's about to get broke. Because you upset. You're going to break that glass. You're going to break that picture. You're going to break your phone. You're going to break something. That's your default set. And if we get true, we understand sin is ingrained in us, and it's our default setting. And if we are left to our own devices, that's what we'll fall back on. And then we're going to wonder why we're living in mess, because we are messed up. And so we look, it's like, man, no one's righteous. Man, this is who, who I am. Look at the default setting. I'm I'm a liar. My mouth is like a stinking grave. It brings forth death. It murders people. I, I got venom on my lips. I want to. Keep, every time I open up my mouth, a lie comes out, cutting somebody down. Uh, uh, I, I am grooving closely to murder and slander. These are the wickedness in us. Even Jesus says, "Out of a man's heart comes lies, adultery." murder, and slander. He said this in teaching. He says that where your treasure is there, your heart is also. Here's another thing you can check. If you want to check where your priorities are, just look at your, uh, uh, your, your smart device now that it can track, track your, your, your spending. See where you spend your money. See where you spend your time. You can find what's a priority. These are the things that shows us that this is what's first in my life. And so when we realize that, man, I'm messed up, that I have issues in my life, that only God can help me out because I'm not good. Good enough is not good enough. Because even this, even if I have a good day, a bad day about to show up. And so if I was good on that day, well, how am I on the bad day? Not good. And so check it out. Check it out. So if my good enough is good enough and I'm having a bad day and I'm not good, what happens if I die on the bad day? I'm in trouble because I wasn't good on that day. glory. Some of y'all didn't catch. Let me have this out. You have expiration dates on products. Those are the good days before the expiration date. But once it goes past expiration date or even on that day, what do you do with it? You get rid of it. Because it's no longer good. Mm. And so that's our theology about basing on good. On the day that I'm bad, I'm no longer good. And God is good and I'm bad. What's up with me? I'm lost. I'm in trouble. I'm in peril. I am due to the punishment before me. Romans 3 and 20 tells us that we all are accountable unto God. We all are accountable unto God. You understand how he made us. He created us for his glory. And so therefore we have a responsibility that we are accountable unto him. Verses 19, 20 says, now we know that wherever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Since I understand the law has shown me my sin, how can I be justified? If I know I am not good, that if I broke one, I broke them all. And and look at the totality of it all. That how 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 do you feel, right? If you are eating your soup and the soup is good, it's real good. Right, and the fly come into your soup. What you gonna do with that soup? No, nope. everything that came and stopped at that moment in time, it became bad soup. It was good soup, but once that fly came in, it became bad soup. And you want? I want some new soup. <laughs> Let's look at our lives, right? We've been good, but as soon as some fly, some irritant, some sin come in our life, it becomes bad. And we want something. So what's this new thing? This new thing is God's grace. Mm. What is his grace? It's his unmerited favor. And, and anybody ever unwrapped a gift and there was another box inside that gift? And you got excited, oh, it must be something special. So you unwrap that and you unwrap that. That's God's grace. It's a gift that keeps on unwrapping. (laughs) And yes, there's always something special in the next box. Mm. Because his grace was not just one thing, but his grace was a, a complex multiplicity of a lot of things that happened. Because grace involved the cosmos of God, the Son stepping out of heaven, coming into the earth, walking and teaching and training and developing and being a violent, bloody death on the cross only to shake the world when he died and g- open up some graves and then to be buried in a grave just to wake up one more time and shaking the earth again and to walk some 40 more days with his disciples and spend some time with them before he leaves up and go into heaven before the angels of where he's sitting Right now on the right hand of the Father. You see, that's a whole lot of stuff yeah. happening in grace. So the law holds us accountable, but grace frees us of the law. Mm. Because the grace shows us that us being good is not good enough. We still fail. So what can make one right with God? Grace. The righteousness of God was made known. Y'all see that there? The righteousness of God was made manifest, was made known, apart from the law. Although the law of the prophets bear witness to, verse 21, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. Y'all see, that's, tell, your, tell your neighbor, it's for everybody. Why is it for everybody? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So you see here, right, it opens up and tells us that the Jews had an advantage because they 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 received the oracles of God and he trusted them with his revelation. But you see later on, he says that his revelation was also made manifest to us and partially by the law, but also through Christ Jesus. How does God's righteousness get manifest through Christ Jesus? Because he makes us righteous through Christ Jesus. We cannot be righteous on our own. We cannot stand before God on our own and be called righteous. I want you to understand that if you stand before God on your own, you're about to get thrown somewhere else. You look in Revelation, it says he opened up and all the dead rised up. And their names were not in the Lamb's book of life. They were thrown into an abyss. And you know who was thrown also in there? The devil. And death. And Revelation had the nerve to say, this was the second death. Woo! The second death. The first death is that you're already in pain and suffering. The second one, you're going to be with the devil now forever and ever. While all my people's names and lands, book of love are going to enjoy life forever and ever. And so here it is. We're standing before God. And we can't stand and be called righteous without a mediator. Look at the verbiage here. The verbiage here is judiciary. It's judge just language, justification, ransom. These are things holding the court of law. So therefore, if you can join me in the court of law, if you want to get proper representation and you are not a lawyer past the bar and no litigation, you want to find a lawyer that knows some stuff. Am I right about it? And you definitely going to be standing before a judge, a supreme judge, a high judge. You want the best lawyer that your money can buy. I want you to understand that we got a lawyer. Oh, glory. And you don't need any money. You don't need to take out a loan. You don't need an I-O-U. What you need is F-A-I-T-H. By placing your faith in Jesus Christ, you have one that will stand before the judge. And check this out. He got your rap sheet. Oh, he didn't need a private investigator to tell him what's going on in your life. He was there. He seen it for himself. He don't need to call any witnesses to the stand either. He just comes up and say, yes, he's a fornicator. Yes, he's a liar. Yes, he's a thief. Yes, he's done all these things, but I'm here to stand here today to let you know you can let him go. The judge is saying, why should I let him go? Say, because he's put his faith in me. And since he's put his faith in me, I I have given him my Holy Spirit. And now that he's got my Holy Spirit, he's got a transformed mind. So that all that stuff on the rap sheet, uh, that's the past. Uh, that's why he's got a sheet now. Mm. That's telling how to be more loving, how, how to be more forgiving, uh, how to be more caring. And Cassius, on this new sheet, the sprinkles of blood. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, why why, why is there blood on this sheet? And I see a little bit of blood on the old sheet. He says, because the blood still works. (laughs) Woo! God's love covers a multitude of sins. So everything on that rap sheet, all the blood took care of that. And everything you think you might do in the future, glory be to God. He is faithful. Y'all saw that earlier, right? It says just because the Jews are unfaithful, does that make God unfaithful? No, that just make you a liar. <laughs> I'm so glad that God knows I'm a liar. Why am I glad? Because I know he's true. Mm. And that's why the Bible tells us he's faithful and just to cleanse us mm. of all unrighteousness. Why? If we confess. So here's the challenge. Have you confessed? Mm. Mm. And I'm not talking about I confessed yesterday. No, did you confess today? Your mind is not perfect. Your mind wandering right now as we speak. I see many of you are looking at your watches. What are you gonna tie up? <laughs> the bear's about to kick off. You right? I'm gonna see a little bit long. What I want to grab is that we need to be honest with our God. Every morning we wake up and say, Lord, today I choose to serve you. And whatever it takes, I will humble myself before you, Lord, and watch my tongue, watch my eyes, watch my hands, watch my heart, and keep it pure and holy before you. Because, Lord, I'm prone to wonder. I'm prone to do the things that are unlike you. But I'm so glad, oh God, that you sent your son, who became our justification, who became our ransom, who paid the price for our penalty, and died on the cross. It was a violent death. It was by his blood, and by his blood. We've been redeemed by his blood. We've been set free by his blood. We have eternal life. So, wow, I am a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. And because I've been saved by by grace, God calls me righteous. It don't matter what you call me. Tell your neighbor, God calls me. Righteous. Oh, you can call me late to dinner. You can call me outside my name. But when the cloud breaks open and I hear a trumpet sound, I want to hear him. Call my name. Good day now, I'm going to leave you alone, but I just got excited about him calling name. Because you know when he calls name, people get up. And so, where is your name written? When it comes down to come to the great party in heaven, is your name on the guest list? Is your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? And one way you can get your name written there is by deciding deciding I place my faith in Jesus I repent confess my sins and believing he's washed and forgiven me and catch this I will change how I live I no longer live for myself but I live for him and here's a challenge I will find me a place to be discipled to grow and to serve and continue to walk with him. Because each and every day is a journey to experience God's grace. And and his journey is like a roller coaster. Anybody ever been on a roller coaster? Roller coasters go up, they go down, they spin around, they go upside down. But casters, casters, you have fun as long as the coaster stays on the track. I want you to understand here that God's tracks got a great hold of you. And you're going to go up, you're going to go down, but you don't have to ever worry about flying off the tracks. He will get you to where he wants you to be. Because he is faithful. Let's turn to Lord, we come. We come to you surrendering all to your Lord. For you are a faithful God. You are a loving God. And Father, as we confess our sins to you, we want to repent. Oh, God, realize that we're not perfect, that we all have sinned and fall short of your glory. But, Lord, we thank you for your grace, that you may manifest, made known to us through your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray there might be someone today that confesses today that, Lord, I want to know you. Oh, Lord, I pray that you will fix our heart and May we surround them and welcome the Lord in this place and help them find, if it's not this place, oh God, a place to be deciphered and grow and to be all as you've called them to be, Lord, we pray. Amen.